Hey friends, welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. This is Kristen Carey. I'm glad to be hosting today and I am sitting here with Sarah Morales. You guys, Sarah is awesome. She is a certified professional and relationship coach. She's been coaching professionally for nine years and she is known in our field as an expert on gaslighting and she is developing all kinds of curriculum she's working on an app she's about to start a podcast so by the time you hear this this podcast is releasing mid-july 2021 and you may already have your podcast going sarah by the time this this fingers people crossed. hear this yes <laughs> fingers crossed so sarah thank you for joining me on our podcast today thank you for having me so we're going to talk about gaslighting because Sarah knows her stuff with gaslighting, you guys. So Sarah, would you just describe, um, actually, I'm going to throw some surprise questions that we didn't Ooh. discuss ahead of time. If you okay. can, if you like to roll with the punches, <laughs> yes, what, ma got, what got you into this? Like, why did you decide I need to know, understand and equip others to deal with gaslighting? Yeah. I mean, it started out as something I needed for myself. Um, you know, with my, my own experience and the way that sex addiction and brokenness and all of the different things showed up in my life, um, was really big. And, um, you know, it wasn't till about almost two years after my discovery, I was actually working for a therapist here in Austin where I live and as a coach and they handed me a book. Um, well, actually they wanted me to help them with a, um, an intensive that they were going to do on gaslighting. And I'm like, what's gaslighting? I had never heard of it before. And, um, they handed me a book and I started to read the book and I was like, all of a sudden things started to make sense. Right. And, um, I knew I, I pretty quickly could tell that I had been a victim of chronic severe gaslighting. And so I knew that if I was going to heal, I had to understand this. And, um, I have kind of a scientific mathematical brain. So when I take something on, I want to, you know, go back, going back to like chemistry class, right? Where, where you're like in the, in the labs and you're like, what happens if I put this in a beaker and put water in it? And then what happens if I put a Bunsen burner on it and turn it on and heat it up? And what happens if I put it in the, like all of these different angles, right? Uh -huh. To get a really complete understanding of what you're working with. And that's the brain that I like applied to gaslighting, right? Like I just... I, I knew I had to understand it if I was going to be able to find myself again and, and heal. And, um, and so that's why I, I dove into gaslighting and because I was already working with partners at this time, like I was already taking them through some of the Marsha means, um, workbook stuff mm -hmm. and different things. Um, once I found out about gaslighting, it's kind of like, I was just two steps ahead of my clients. And the more I started to, find my own healing through gaslighting, I started to use it with my clients and I started to see this is key. Like it's integral to people's ability to be able to heal. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And so At it just this became, point, yeah. were you still dealing with it in your marriage? I believe so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it was happening when you were yes. studying it. Yes. So were you like kind of real time starting to notice, oh my gosh, that's gaslighting. Yes. And, and Absolutely. did you try to experiment like your, your chemistry analogy, did you try those experiments on your own relationship? You know, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that question before. I don't think that I did. Um, 
because, you know, a lot of my uh, deeper work with gaslighting really came in hindsight after I ended my marriage. Um, so that was, you know, that was the result of, of my situation. It's not necessarily a result of everybody's situation. Um, in fact, I've had many clients who've learned how to change their dynamic within the relationship. Um, but it was a, a lot of it, like I did notice some things, but it kind of, and this is pretty typical. You, you don't really notice gaslighting in the moment you notice it in hindsight. So I can sit here now today saying, oh yeah, for sure. I was learning about gaslighting and it was still happening because the more covert gaslighting gets, the harder it is to see real time. Yeah. And it's more when you're thinking about it later that you're like, oh wow, that was gaslighting. Okay. So what is gaslighting? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked me that because I actually use a different definition. Okay. So people will Google gaslighting and they're going to get, you know, a very um, clinical kind of um, definition or, or nowadays they're going to get something that's going to mention a narcissist, <laughs> almost guaranteed, right? Because like, there's some pretty standard um, definitions. And what I have found is it it's, it's only half of the truth of what gaslighting is. So it wasn't my hubris, right? It wasn't like, I need to create my own definition. It was need. Right. It was necessity because I found so many people actually saying, well, I don't think I'm being gaslit because this isn't my experience, but they absolutely were being gaslit. Right. So I came up with my own definition. And um, first of all, I want to back up just a little tiny bit and say that it's really, really important to understand that when we use the term gaslighting, most people talk about it as if it's something that somebody does to me. Okay. That's a behavior. Yeah. That's an, an external behavior. Okay. The way I work and approach gaslighting is that it's both a behavior that we can potentially recognize in somebody else. And it's an experience that happens within me. Mm. Okay. And the reason why this is so important is because that's where the power is. If I can understand that gaslighting is an, is an experience that happens within me, I can begin to look at, well, why does that experience happen in me when this person does this behavior? What causes me to lose my centeredness? What causes me to lose connection to my truth? All of those kinds of things. And that's, that's where the authentic power is because I can change that. I can't make the other person stop doing the gaslighting behavior, mm -hmm. right? So Absolutely. It's, both a, it's both a behavior and an experience. So that being said, my definition is when one person or a group of people, right? Institutions, religious establishments, political, like one person or a group of people convinces another person through covert behaviors that what they believe, think, feel, or perceive is inaccurate or invalid. Say it again, Sarah. That's okay. profound. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to point out two key things and then listen for them in the, in the definition. Okay. The first one is convinces and the second one is covert. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are the two keys of this definition. When one person or a group of people convinces another person through covert behaviors that what they believe, think, feel, or perceive is inaccurate or invalid. Mm. Okay. What's important to understand about this is it happens over time. 
right? So it's not the first time somebody says something to me that's gaslighty. Am I going to be like, oh, sure, let me disregard my truth and my perception and my beliefs and take on your definition of how I should be or what I should think. Or It happens over time because of yeah. the various um, techniques or tactics that people use when they are doing a gaslighting behavior. Mm. Wow. Just within the last year, I created a scale to actually help us visualize mm -hmm. how there are different types of people that do gaslighting with different levels of awareness of the behavior that they're doing and different motives. Mm. Okay. So wow. there can be, and we'll get to that. Cause I know, you know, one of the questions that you asked me to prepare for is we'll, we'll get to that. You know, it's a little bit of a sneak peek at a later answer. Um, but so, so based on that, and then also based on when I first started studying this, I was like, crap, I do this to my kids, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, not intentionally, I had no awareness that I was invalidating their own emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I didn't really truly understand why. It's an example that I use often. Would you like me to share it, my mm -hmm. insight? Okay. Yeah. As I, I believe it's really profound and it really helps destigmatize gaslighting, which we have to do if we're going to be able to really sort out who are the people that are in the cluster B, you know, <laughs> personality disorder or mental health issues and who are yeah. the people that have shame issues or yeah. different things like that. Right. So, um, so when I was studying this, um, I, I started thinking about my oldest son who, um, was very, very dramatic when he got injured, when he was young, very dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like you would hear him scream from like the other room and you'd swear he would have broken his arm. And I would come running into the room and like he banged his knee running, you know, cause he's long and lanky and fell. Right. Um, and in that moment, I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening then, but in that moment I had a re an internal response and my brain made a shortcut cause it wasn't, didn't want to deal with shame. It made a shortcut. Didn't know it happened. And my brain told me I need to teach my child how to manage their emotions. Sorry, I did. I did wander over. <laughs> I need to teach my child how to manage my emotions. And um, so I came up with an analogy because I love my analogies. And this is back in the day when um, flat screen TVs first came out. You remember? And they would have that huge back side of the TV and they were so heavy. Like you never moved that thing unless you absolutely had to. Right. Yes. Um, so I told him you were act. I said, you're acting like a TV fell on your foot when all you did was step on a pebble. And in that moment, I basically told my son, you are too much. Yeah. Your emotions are too much. Now I was convinced I was teaching my son how to manage his emotions so that in other scenarios, he wouldn't, you know, have this dramatic response. As I learned more and more about myself, about what was happening in that moment, I really understood I was having a shame response. I mm. felt like a bad mom because I was working or I was doing this or I was doing that. And my son was running around the house and he fell. And if I had been a better mom and been paying better attention, he wouldn't have fell. Mm. Right. So my brain yep. came up with a shortcut and that shortcut was to make it about his response being too much which isn't true. He gets to respond however he's going to respond to his pain. That's valid. Yeah. If he wants to be dramatic about it, he's dramatic about it. My other son would, I wouldn't have even known, right? Like that's their temperaments. He gets to be who he <clears throat> is, right? And I had yeah. no idea that's what I was doing. Yeah. I had no intent to harm my child. Absolutely. Right? I adore my child. Right. Yeah. So, so when I started recognizing gaslighting as a behavior, separating it 
from gaslighting as an experience, I now saw that there were so many different options, right? And so we do have all the way on one side of the scale, the person that might have one of the personality disorders, and they absolutely are gaslighting with full awareness and their intention is to break their person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We have that. I think that was kind of my ex. Um, right. And then all on the other side of the scale, you have somebody like me, right. Mm -hmm. Who gaslit my child. I had zero awareness and my intention really was to meet a need. And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, um, my deeper need of dealing with shame. It was a presenting need of, I need to teach my child. Okay. Wow. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Okay. And the bottom line is we all <clears throat> gaslight probably exactly. at some point. Yep. That's my belief. Degree. Yep. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. It is extremely prevalent among people with problematic sexual behavior. And since yes, so many of our listeners are following living truth because of either unwanted sexual behavior in their own life or partner trauma or their therapists and coaches who help people yep. in those types of situations. I'd love Sarah for you to go into why gaslighting is so prevalent among people with problematic sexual behavior. Yeah. So I believe there are two main reasons, right? So I think it's, first of all, it's really important to kind of, for our purposes today, put people into three categories of people that gaslight. Um, <clears throat> you've got the people like I just talked about with myself who mm -hmm. typically it's a shame response, right? Or a lack of self-awareness. Okay. Then yeah. you've got people that, um, are maybe somewhat aware of what they're doing and they're trying to protect themselves. Mm. Okay. Or a secret or something along those lines. Right. And then you've got the third category, which are going to, and th those, by the way, are the ones that the addicts fall into the category that the addicts, the middle one. And then yeah. you've got the third category. And those are the people with the, the personality disorders and mental health issues that are whole separate thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what, what was important for us to understand those of us that are partners that have people that have problematic behavior, how important it is for them to get a psyche valve. Yeah. Um, because yeah. if our person also has a mental health issue that needs to be addressed separately than the addiction. And we have a lot of co-occurring right. things, right? So mm -hmm. I just want to asterisk that. Okay. Yes. If we're dealing with purely addiction, Right. Not also a mental health issue. Well, just, Sarah, can I yeah. clarify real quick? Because yeah. so many people with sexual addictions also have ADHD or depression or anxiety. You're not referring to those mental health conditions. Correct. You're referring to narcissistic personality disorder, correct. borderline personality disorder, those types of mental health issues. Correct. Yes. Thank you okay, for good. clarifying. I yes. just want to be sure that's what you meant. No, it, it is. And I'm sorry. You know how sometimes, you know, you're so used to thinking yeah. something you forget like, oh, that's a pretty right. important detail. <laughs> yes. No, I apologize to, to okay. the listeners if I, you know, caused anybody some heart palpitations there by thinking my person has ADD or anxiety. Um, no, that's that's different. Um, we're talking about the, the mental health issues that are a little bit um, harder to treat um, as far as like, well, anyways, you know, and they're also you, harder to spot. <laughs> Because they oftentimes the narcissist or, yeah, the narcissist on whatever level they are narcissistic or NPD mm -hmm. yeah. presents really squeaky clean. Correct. Yeah, it can be, it can be hard to determine and, and we can, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, we could talk about uh, for a very long time. Um, 
But so what we're going to focus on is people who don't have one of those underlying kind of personality, maybe disorder kind of things, right? And we're going to focus on somebody who might just have an anxiety, you know, probably, right? If you're at, yeah. acting outside of integrity with yourself, you're going to have some anxiety. Uh, so, <laughs> right. So, but when you deal with the addiction and anxiety, lessons or goes away, right? If you deal with the addiction, the personality disorders don't go away. And right. that's one of the biggest distinctions, right? So, um, so what I want to focus on in this question is the person that, that has just the addiction, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so for that type of a person, the two biggest reasons somebody is going to gaslight, um, and it's really, really important to get this because a lot of partners, um, they experience gaslighting when their person is still in hiding, Right. They mm -hmm. haven't had discovery. They've been gaslit left and right, up and down 10 times a day, like all of the things. Right. Um, and then their person enters recovery. OK, so pre pre discovery and recovery, a person mostly gaslights the, the addict person, mostly gaslights to um, protect their secrets. Right. Yep. They want to to protect their secrets and to maintain an image. OK, which is basically protecting themselves, protecting mm -hmm who they are, the way that their partner sees them. Um, you know, I'm a good husband, wife, I'm a good mom, dad, uh, you know, I'm successful in my job. Like also it's to protect their, their affair, their addiction, whatever, and protect their image. Typically it can also be a shame response because they are aware of their shame or maybe not aware of their shame, but they're already operating from a center of shame. Right? So those are the three main reasons. So discovery happens. Hopefully the person enters a solid, real recovery. They're still gaslighting. Why? It's that shame piece, right? Especially now, there is such an awareness of how much I hurt my person that if I am wrong about anything, if it's I forgot to take out the garbage and it causes my person distress because, well, they're in trauma brain and pretty much any time I let them down, it triggers their trauma. I can't be wrong about anything else because wrong equals bad means unwanted means they're going to leave me. So the brain, remember how I talked about with me and the shortcut that mm -hmm. my brain made with an addict that's exemplified, even somebody that's in recovery. Like that's why that shame work is so important in recovery for mm -hmm. the addict, right? Because the more they work on their shame, the less they'll need to resort to the gaslighting behaviors. Right. So Absolutely. but that's the main reason. But so what that what that does with partners is they're seeing a similar type behavior. I'm still feeling blamed for things in the relationship. He's still he or she is still, you know, um, not accepting responsibility for this or that. They're those types of things. And they're experiencing these different gaslighting behaviors. And so they think that their person is still acting out. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're not one in the same. I do want to say, and I think this is really important it doesn't make it okay. Right. They still need to get to the place like being sober and not acting out, but still gaslighting does not equal a healthy, great partner. <laughs> right. Like it's still, it's still not a good match for you. They need to work on that. So just want to be clear, but it is important because it's a different type of safety issue. Yeah. Right. If somebody Absolutely. is acting out and protecting, um, their addiction, affair partner, whatever, through um through gaslighting versus a shame response different safety issue definitely still, still a safety issue but different different level of threat as well what are some of the other impacts of gaslighting 
on the betrayed partner, whether the addict is still acting out or not? Yeah. So, you know, it really depends on the stage that the person is in. And, and also honestly, quite a lot of things, right? Like, um, right now I'm actually studying about attachment theories and, you know, whatever kind of attachment you had growing up, that's going to affect the way that you respond to trauma in the moment. So, so no one is, it's not cookie cutter. Yes. Right. Um, so, so it's very individualized and it's also dependent on the stage, right? So if you're early in a relationship and you've been experiencing gaslighting for only a, a short amount of time, and you haven't experienced it a lot in previous relationships, you're probably, let's oh, see, I'm going to bring up my <clears throat> thing here because I actually created a scale for this too. Um, so it starts, it kind of builds, right? Like when we're first experiencing gaslighting, it really causes us to be confused. Or like, mm -hmm. why did, why did they say that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why would they say that about me? Why would they say that about life? Why would, you know, the, those, those questions of this just, doesn't make sense. They're saying contradictory things. Um, so the, the whole energy with that is really one of confusion. I'm trying to make this a little bit smaller so I can still see you. <clears throat> okay. And as you continue to be exposed to more and more gaslighting, especially because one of the tactics of gaslighting is brainwashing. So mm -hmm. we're not talking about like, you know, Guantanamo Bay kind of, you know, like waterboarding. We're just talking about repetition the more you hear something, the more it eats away at your resolve to believe something about yourself, right? So, so for example, um, one of the, the, the things that my ex used to say to me all the time was how inappropriate I was with my anger. And when it first started, for, I was married to him for a total of 19 years, 14 years at Discovery. Um, when it first started happening in our marriage, I was like, that's what he thinks. I know I've done my work around my anger. I know I'm doing respectful, responsible things, blah, blah, blah. I'm not perfect, but I don't think I have an issue. The more I heard that and the more he poked the bear, the more I started to escalate in my feelings, right? So I began to actually move into what he had defined me as. And that's very typical when you're a gaslighting victim, right? Because what happens is you go from confusion, the more you hear it, the more you start to doubt. Okay. Especially a lot of people, I don't know about you, Kristen, but a lot of the people that I have met in my years of coaching partners are some of the most empathetic, mm -hmm. loving, beautiful souls. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so most of us, in fact, I talked to a client earlier this morning who was like, you know, I just want to know what, what I do that bothers them so much so that I can work on that in myself. Like we're open to looking at our own character faults. Yes. But, but when that's paired with somebody who's doing a gaslighting behavior, we start to doubt our own self. Like maybe I do have a problem with my anger, right? Yeah. Like this is my person. They're the one who knows me better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right? So we start to doubt. We, doubt. we doubt who we are. We doubt our ability to make decisions right? The more that happens, the more we start to experience internal conflict. What is real? Is what I think about myself real or is what they think about me real? Is what I think about how we should live life real or is what, right? But internal conflict. And sometimes it's a conflict between values because sometimes gas, gaslighting will pit two values against each other. Mm. So sometimes it's a conflict between two values as well right? The more we experience that internal conflict, right? For those of you who are psychology nerds, um, you know, we call this cognitive dissonance, 
right? We can only stay in this place of cognitive dissonance for so long. And basically that means indecision. Like I can't choose, is, is my reality real? That I'm good, loving, kind person who deals with anger normally? Or is their reality real? That I have a problem with my anger and I need to get help. Which reality is, we, is real? Mm. The more that happens, the more that internal conflict happens, the more overwhelmed we become and worn out by the constant. I had one client call it mental gymnastics, mm. right? And sometimes that's not even our own internal conflict. It's actually trying to figure them out. <laughs> like, why are they doing this and saying this year? And it's overwhelming. It's, it wears us out. So at, at some point, typically at this point, unless that person has help to see the things that are going on, they continue to progress. It's very rare that they go back the other way. That is a possibility, but usually they continue to progress. And the next um, thing in the progression is um, to give in and discard your reality. I'm a good, loving um, person who deals with anger well. I discard that reality because I'm so tired. I'm worn out. I just want peace. And if I can fix this by working on me, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take one for the team <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. a thing. Right. Yeah. So you discard your reality and you take on their reality. And in doing so, the last kind of part of the, the scale is a loss of self. We mm -hmm. actually start to become something different than we truly are. Right. Like I actually started to become more of an angry person when I got out of that toxic environment, poof, the anger, you know, the anger issues kind of went away. Um, yeah. Right. I yeah. And there's multiple ways. There's multiple examples that I can have in my relationship. And that had nothing to do with the actual acting out behavior. But right? did but, don't you think that out of his shame and out of the secrets he was keeping about his sexual behavior, that he was trying to put the spotlight on you and what a problematic thing you've got going on to try to not feel or have the heat put on him to distract? Yeah, I mean... That is definitely a possibility. I don't know that that was the case in, in my ex. I actually truly believe my ex was a sociopath. Um, okay, so that's of, a whole other category that, of... Right, that's what we talked why. about. That's a whole other category, right? <laughs> yes, um, yes. So, But, but for in mo a, most... In, yeah, in a non-sociopathic or exactly. you know, highly um, problematic yes. mental health condition... Most, yes, most of your listeners... It would because of shame, because of distracting distracting the partner from the real yes. problem at hand. Exactly. Right. Like going back to what I kind of said in the previous answer for most of your listeners, if they're not in solid recovery, it could be because they're trying to redirect blame, right? Yeah. It's a way to avoid taking responsibility for their own issues or the own things that they're doing. I can, can make you only think about yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and make you think that you're the problem in the relationship. Um, if they're, if they're in solid recovery, it's likely a shame response, right? Like, um, or it also can be a lack of self-awareness, right? Like if they grew up in a home where anger was not a comfortable emotion and they never learned how to deal with healthy anger, any anger is going to feel unhealthy to them. Mm -hmm. Right. So out of their truth, it's their truth. It's not the truth, but out of their truth, their broken truth, they're projecting onto you and trying to define who you are based mm -hmm. on their perceptions of reality. Mm. And nobody gets to define us, but us. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite, no, one of my favorite sayings. Nobody defines me, but me. Yes.
Um, okay. So what do you yeah. think a, a partner who's listening to this could be looking for in their body, in their mind to be tipped off that perhaps gaslighting is happening? As you said, mm -hmm. when we first learn about this, we don't typically recognize it in the moment. It's usually right. afterwards. Yep. So, so yeah, great question. So I'm going to answer that two ways. <clears throat> Pardon me. So the first thing that I think is really important that I would love to give to your listeners is again, just to, if, if you think gaslighting is happening, um, understand it's important to consider and recognize the behaviors. That yeah. is ab absolutely an important part of the process, but we consider that it's not our focus, right? So many people inverse this or don't even pay attention to the experience part. They are so um, focused on trying to figure out what the other person is doing and why they're doing it, that they're not paying attention to the most powerful part, which is what is happening inside of me because of their behavior, right? Because we can't always know where somebody falls on that scale of awareness or intention because that's inside of them. We can make a guess especially within patterns, right? Like we can make a very educated guess sometimes. I like to think that I'm pretty good at it, <laughs> right? But, but we can't know for sure. So we have to focus on, we consider that, but we have to focus on how do I feel, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's the difference between what we call inauthentic power, right? Trying to figure out somebody else versus authentic power, which is figuring out me, right? So um, with that, I'm going to give a little bit of an example and show you what I mean. Okay. Why it's important to do this. So my example was call the, the person Dawn. Dawn just advocated for herself with a boundary request to her partner. Instead of listening to her, validating her feelings and needs, Dawn's partner responded by saying, nothing is ever good enough for you. You'll never be satisfied. Well, raise a hand if you've heard that before, right? Like most of the listeners hands up, right? Um, so considering behavior, just, I just want to do really short behavior. I mean, short scenario. <clears throat> yeah. Considering behavior. So in the AppSets world, we teach about something called DARVO. DARVO stands for defender, deny, attack, reverse victim offender. We can really just wrap that up by saying you're the problem in the relationship, not me. Okay, so that was the main kind of tactic or method that was used in this example. And it's important to understand that. Like, it's important to be able to understand, oh, um, identify, ooh, that was a swap, right? Like, I just tried to advocate for myself and all of a sudden I'm the problem? Like, how, how, how did that happen, right? Like, that happened to me so many times. Like, how did I go into that conversation and leave with this? Like, what just happened? Um, so it's that reverse, it's that reverse part of the Darvo, right? Reversing victim offender. I'm actually the victim here. Like you came to me as the victim, but I'm actually the victim and you're the one that has the problems. And if you would just deal with your issues, everything would be fine. Right. So, um, understanding that me only recognizing that as like, okay, so this is not him like speaking from truth and all of these different, like this is him trying to put the, or him or her trying to put the blame on me. Right. So, um, also what happened in that, uh, little scenario, was the person that was doing the gaslighting invalidated the, the person's feelings, thoughts, and desires. Your thoughts, desires, needs don't matter, right? It's invalidating. And mainly used, used diversion, 
by exaggerating their wounds and at the same time, exaggerating the faults of Dawn. Okay. Does that make sense? Wow. It does. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm trying to take notes. As you <laughs> talk, Sarah. I'm learning <laughs> a lot from you good, right now. I good, love good. it. Yeah. Side note for those of you um, who would be interested, this is the kind of stuff I'll do in my podcast. Like I'll, I'll be taking different gaslighting experiences and breaking them down so people can understand the, the inner workings. Like why did that happen? Why did that hit this way? What happened in the person that was listening? So now we're going to switch, right? So we considered the behavior, but now we're going to focus on Dawn. What happened in Dawn? Okay. So scenario number one, Dawn has heard this throughout the relationship. You expect too much. You're never going to be satisfied. She's heard it over and over. That's that brainwashing thing, right? Yep. So she backs down, right? Like she, it took all of her courage, all of her strength to advocate for herself. This is a new thing she was trying for herself. Bam. He hit the right button, right? He's hit that button over and over again in her and it worked. He, he pressed the button again. And so she took back, she takes back her request. She, um, she was gaslit, right? She took on, yep, he's right. He's probably right. He's probably right. I expect too much. Like he's working so hard or she's working so hard, right? Like my expect my expectations are unreasonable. There's probably something wrong with me. I probably want too much, right? So what we look at in that scenario is what happened to her. She let go of this. No, this is a valid need. I'm advocating myself. I'm doing the most loving thing I can for myself by asking for this boundary request. She let that go and she took on like, I'm going to back off that, right? Um, no shame. We've all done that, right? Mm -hmm. But we're trying to understand what happens. And scenario number two, I did want to give this scenario. And scenario number two the partner did the same thing, said the same things, but Dawn has been doing some work. And because of that, she recognizes that these things aren't actually true. She knows that she's not expecting too much. She gets to ask for her needs to be met. In this scenario, even though there was a gaslight attempt, she was actually not gaslit, the experience part of it, right? She was able to stay connected to her truth. With my clients, I use the analogy of a bow and arrow, right? The arrows are like the different gaslighting techniques and tactics and all of the things. If the arrow does not hit the target, we are not gaslit, right? Arrows fall short or they go offside, right? Like we are, we can be a moving target. We can learn how to move out of range. Mm. That's where our authentic power comes from, right? So yes, we need to identify that arrows are flying at us, but the goal is not to get the person to stop shooting the arrow. It's for us to get out of range. Mm. Okay. So that being said, focus on how you feel, right? Consider them, but focus on how you feel. All the things that we just talked about, the scale that I went through, the different scenarios, I think it's really important to consider if you've done work at identifying what you feel in your body when you're having a trauma response, if you have experienced chronic gaslighting, even if it's not malicious, it's still trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I hadn't learned what I learned and I kept giving that same message to my son, even though I wasn't aware of what I was doing, I was doing, and I had no intention of hurting him, I would have traumatized my son. Right. So, um, so focus on, on that, like first, and again, that's, that's individual. It's unique, right? Like for me, it's usually a rapid heart rate. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it's important to identify 
a couple of other things as well. And again, this depends on where you're at in your individual healing. For a lot of people, um, when they're first working with gaslighting, they have some sort of fear response because gaslighting is scary because they haven't really learned yet how to step out of range. They can just see the arrows flying. Well, yeah. that's, that's scary, yeah. right? Yeah. To see the arrows flying and not feel like you have the ability to step out of range quite yet. So there can be a fear response. It doesn't have to make sense. Trust your body, trust your gut. Um, I always try to say, look for your head, heart, and gut. If we just rely on our gut, it's not necessarily always 100% accurate. Neither is our brain, neither, right? Like we're looking for congruence or alignment between mm -hmm. the three. And then if looking to see if one is out of alignment where we have to be really careful as partners because of the gaslighting is we can actually self gaslight. Mm. And what that looks like is our gut tells us something and we explain it away. Right. So we have to pay attention or sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll look at our, our gut and our gut actually feels okay, but our head is saying, no, you can't, you know, he's not or whatever. Right. And we, we make some reason as why to not, trust our gut or to, you know, we have to, what we're trying to do is look for alignment with all three. So, um, so looking for fear, right? Mm -hmm. The, the more you get along in your healing, um, for me, I actually look for resistance, anger, frustration, right? Like, why are you saying this? Right? Because we're starting to have an awareness that this person is trying to convince us of something other than what is our truth to convince us to feel a different way, to think a different way. And that makes us angry, not scared. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, because what that, what that, um, equates to is I get angry or frustrated because I'm not being seen for who I am. I'm not being listened to my feelings, desires, perceptions, et cetera, are not being regarded as important and they should be. Yeah. Right. So that's another response that I like to have people kind of look for. Grief mm. is actually a response to gaslighting. Right. Like, why? Why is this person doing this to me? This is so sad. Right. Like, I thought I thought they were different. Right. That's a that's by the way, that's more of a key of or an indicator that you might be with someone who is higher on the narcissism scale. Maybe not full blown personality disorder, but the scale. Right. Yeah. The more we're like. We've been working, we've been working, and they're not changing. Yeah, that could be a could be an indication. And then another one is hopelessness, right? So you mm -hmm. ask for both physical things and kind of feelings or thoughts is is hopelessness. And and what I mean by hopelessness is things are never gonna change no matter how hard I work. Like I have been working so hard and this dynamic between us is not changing. We just keep going around and around and around in the same circle. The same conversation and nothing changes no matter how hard I try. Um, so those are a couple of different thoughts and feelings. And again, I just want to go back to the body thing because what, what is important to that and, and why I'm really careful about that is what I have learned um, both in my own journey and as I've worked with a lot of partners um, is while trauma responses are valid, they're not always 100% rooted in truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's why I added into my definition of gaslighting the the invalid piece, right? Because let's, let's put out a hypothetical situation that a partner um, has a husband who's in a woman has a, a husband who's in really good recovery, right? But because of all of the gaslighting that happened previous to recovery, he says something that triggers a trauma response in her. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. he's not, he's for this thing. Like he's working really hard. I've actually had this happen with some of the guys I work with. Um, he's, he's working really hard, but she has this trauma response mm -hmm. and in her trauma response, her fear causes her to believe that her gut is telling her that he's acting out again. Right. Right. Her feelings are valid because they yeah. are based in experiences of the past. Right. And how we know, by the way, how our person is doing is how that person responds. The other person, like the betrayer, right? Yeah. If they respond in that moment. I am so sorry. Yeah. Right. Like your feelings are valid. What can I do to help you know that I am not acting out right now? They have humility how can I, and they brokenness. A, They're responding with care and make it about her and how um, they show empathy for her. Instead of defensiveness. Exactly. Yeah. Empathy instead of de defensiveness and taking responsibility. Yeah. Right. Like I like know he I'm... recognizes I did this in the past. Yes. yes. My actions in now, the past but... exactly. are causing this response in the present. Mm -hmm. Right. And helping her sort that out because when yeah. we're in trauma, trauma's in the present. So our, our trauma response does not separate out the past yeah. from the present. We're being, we're being triggered as if this was happening right now in this moment. And so yeah. that's why I'm very careful with the body responses and I'm more looking mm -hmm. for congruency, but in order to stay in relationships where there is yeah. um, emotional, psychological abuse, we often disconnect from our body. So I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why people focus on it a lot is pay attention to your body, pay attention to your body because we need to reconnect with it. Cause it's such an important, huge part of the information that we're taking in. Mm. Right. But we don't want to let it drive us. We're looking for congruency yeah. or alignment between mm -hmm. the three. I know for me, Sarah, like if I'm dealing with a scenario and I am at all having doubt um, about what's going on in a situation and that the possibility of being gaslit. Um, I will talk it out with a, another emotionally, spiritually, psychologically mature individual. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. often all I have to do is say it out loud. Here's what's happened that I, then I'm able to go, Oh, this is, this is what's happening to me. I'm being mm -hmm. gaslit or this is, this person is saying these things to me, but this is not true. The truth is yeah. blank. And when I can't, sometimes that safe person that knows what gaslighting is, is the one who's able to say to me, that is absolutely not true. Yeah. And that's part of why a recovery community is so powerful, right? Is absolutely having people around us. And, and then we all realize this is happening in our world to a degree to all of us. Mm -hmm. And we can choose to dismantle it, right? Yep. Yeah. And so how how do we um, deconstruct gaslighting? Yeah. To use, to use your term. <laughs> to use my term. Yeah. So um, again, that could be a, actually not just one podcast, but a series of podcasts. But in, in a nutshell, um, the way that I am now beginning to work with my clients, um, in fact, again, in like I don't know, hopefully, ho hopefully before fall, I will be launching um, a new signature program that I have. And really, I try to make it really memorable. And it's a process that pretty much anybody can, can follow as far as the process. The, the work is another thing, but um, it's E3. If you can just remember E3, this is the, the general direction. 
right? Like I often use the example, you put in a direction in your ways or your whatever, and you might get three different routes. Yeah. You're all going the same direction, but you have variations based on things you might be trying to avoid or things you want to go to or whatever, right? So general, generally, this is the path. This is the journey to healing. So the first E is education. Okay. What we need to learn to do is kind of what I talked about before, learning to identify the things that we must consider. What are the arrows? How do I recognize something that could potentially be a covert gaslighting behavior? Right. Or persona. I also teach people to look out at five different personas. Um, so that's the first part. The second part is to learn to identify who you are uniquely as the target, right? As a target of potential gaslighting from your boss, your mom, your intimate partner, society in general, right? Like the different places that there is potential for gaslighting. What are your unique vulnerabilities, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that come to us from personality, family of origin issues, like all of these different things. And, and to be clear, we do this with the curious, why, why am I vulnerable? Not a judgmental why, right? For me, I like to use the analogy of, um, Achilles, right? Like he was a great God. He had one weakness on his heel, right? Like the rest of him was completely badass, right? Like, <laughs> so to say that we have vulnerabilities, isn't a shaming thing. It's a saying, yeah. okay, so if I know that I have vulnerabilities, these are the places that I really need to focus on and make sure I have good boundaries. Mm. Because those are the things I'm not trying to change, right? Like high empathy is a vulnerability to yeah. gaslighting. I don't want to change the fact that I have high empathy, empathy. That's something that's beautiful about me. And in safe context, it's one of the best gifts I can give somebody. I don't want to change that. However, I do want to protect it. I want to know what good boundaries are around my empathy so that people that are get, doing gaslighting behaviors won't be able to sink their arrows into me. It's a completely different energy, right? It's not shame. I have, I have a partner friend and one of our leaders in our groups, Corey, who mm -hmm. says, um, she calls it exploiting your mm -hmm. empathy. Yeah. And oftentimes that's something the addict or people who gaslight want to do is exploit it. Yes. And so instead and, protecting it. Yes. Right. And, and, and again, not with a thing of fear-based but right. responsibility based like this is this is my beautiful gift i want to be responsible with it yeah right like i'm not not afraid of everybody that might potentially you know try to take advantage of it it's like if i'm walking around secure and knowing who i am which we'll get to that that's actually the third e um i don't have to be worried so much about what other people are doing mm -hmm. because i know how to go inside and connect with myself and ask myself the questions i like to talk about how i went through a season in my life probably for at least a year where i would either say internally or externally like actually out loud huh let me check in with myself about that like daily what do i want for breakfast let me check in with myself about that do what do i when do i want to go to sleep let me check in with myself about like teaching myself how to check in with myself instead of looking outside for external mm. validation that my decisions are good right like i taught myself that right so education learn how to identify gaslighting behaviors learn how to identify what makes us a target like where am i vulnerable how do i get sucked in um the second one is empowerment 
Oh, actually, I just, I skipped over it. Empowerment is the second is what I just said. Education is the arrows. Empowerment is learning that shift. Where am I vulnerable? How can I put boundaries around that, et cetera? The third E is embodiment. And to me, what I mean by embodiment is basically what I just said. This is the journey that we take to reconnect to ourself in such a way that we know deeply who we are and we've done the work so that we can trust ourselves because that to me was the thing that was robbed of me through my marriage. I didn't trust myself, right? Not, mm -hmm. not by D-Day. Like by the time I divorced him, yeah, I trusted myself. I was absolutely sure I was making the right decision and I trusted what I was doing, right? But so E3, education, empowerment, embodiment. Can you repeat embodiment, your definition of that again? Yeah, sure. So I, um, my bullet point down here says, um, journey into reconnecting with yourself in such a way that you know who you are and you trust yourself to live from that knowing. Mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Do you have, uh, recommendations for how women can do that? I mean, the, 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 the example you gave of checking in with yourself, that's mm -hmm. a great example of embodiment, right? Like, yeah, what, what do I want? What do I need? Yeah. So to me, you know, to be honest, um, that, that whole, <laughs> each one of these points goes with an offering that I do. Right. So again, I'm going to be launching these three things. I'm so excited about them. They're all free. Um, my podcast likely, likely there might be a small fee with my app. I haven't decided yet, but my app and yeah. a work, a workshop, right? So I'm, I'm going to be giving away in a workshop, this information on how to, how to recognize what gaslighting is and some of the things, right? Perfect. Um, we will keep our audience informed. Yeah. You guys will keep you connected. We'll give you Sarah's information so you can listen to her podcast and yeah. get the information you need about her workshop and the app. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that third piece, the, the embodiment piece, um, is the longest piece of this journey. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. And part of that is because, you know, for, for my journey, um, you know, what was really unique and beautiful to me is it started out as a, I need to heal thing. Like my, my dive into gaslighting, I, I need to heal. I was gaslit so bad in my marriage that I'm broken and all of these kinds of things. And the more I dove into gaslighting, it, it became something much bigger. And it's like, Ooh, I need to figure out who I actually am because wow. I started to see all of these different places that I had been gaslit throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens when you've been gaslit is again, is that taking on of things that aren't you and discarding things that are you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's really hard. Um, so, so in, um, in my embodiment offering, um, it's actually called embracing awakening. Um, it, we start by talking about self gaslighting. Mm. We start by doing a deep dive and looking at all of the different messages that we've taken in over the years and which ones are actually us and which ones aren't because we take on values that aren't ours. We take on beliefs about a lot of different things, ways to live, um, how to behave, gender roles. I mean, there's so many different areas that you can look at and you have to actually unpack. I call this, this is the first phase. It's a nine phase 
um, program. And that first phase is unbecoming and not becoming as in one of my friends is like, are you sure you want to use that term? And I'm like, why not? And she's like, um, that in like, in like oh, the 1800s, unbecoming like, would be like, that's not un- beautiful. Right. Unattractive. Right. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's so not what I'm, you mean, though. that's not what I mean. You need to just, all you need is a little dash between the un and the becoming. And it, you know, well, what I'm going to, what I'm going to do, there's a phrase that I actually got that from. And um, one of my favorite writers, she talked about, maybe it's not so much about who we need to become, but about unbecoming all the things that we were never meant to be. Mm. Right. So it's kind of like, just like saying like, this is, this is who I am. And I, and I have some, some like an embodiment, ex- um, actually activities that we do, um, that are just beautiful and powerful, but it's, it's this process of recognizing all of these things that we've put on over the years, taking them off, looking at them and saying, is this actually me? Does this actually resonate with who, how I see myself? Yeah. Right. And, and learning like, oh no, that came from my ninth grade basketball coach who was a jerk. Like, that's not me. <laughs> right. Like, or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. but, but we don't realize like, oh my gosh, like that's where that came from. And yeah. I've been, I've been carrying that because yeah. these things inform our ability to trust ourselves. Right. Um, I, I talk about, um, how healthy relationships, the, the, the foundation is self-love. We have to love ourselves, right? But how can you love what you don't know? Yeah. If you don't really know who you are, if you've been living according to things that aren't truly you, you're not living in alignment with your true self. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Is there anything else that you have in your notes that you wanted to share? I don't want to cut you off if you have more wisdom and nuggets for us. No, I didn't have anything else in my notes. I think typically, though, I'd love to end anytime I have an opportunity to share and talk about gaslighting is just to encourage people to not be afraid of it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. again, the, the majority of the way people talk about gaslighting, it's always linked to narcissists. It's always linked to people who are so in a place of being broken that they don't feel like they're going to be able to offer anything good ever again. Like it's 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 this very small picture. Um, and it's a very disempowered picture and that doesn't have to be our reality, right? Like even if you were chronically severely gaslit like me, like I love my life, I am absolutely thriving and it's not, I mean, it's 10 years later, but again, I was a pioneer, right? So I didn't have somebody like me giving me all of these things. (laughs) I had to figure them out on my own, right? So it doesn't have to take that long. We can live beautiful, empowered, connected to ourselves lives. And it's important to understand gaslighting as a piece of that. So, um, so I encourage people to approach it with curiosity instead of fear. You don't have to be afraid of gaslighting. Information is power Mm. and that's where it starts. So I love it. Thank you so much for giving our listeners your wisdom, your experience, Um, your even vulnerable stories from your own life and the empowerment to know that there's hope to heal. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you.